African world wisdom, Lord God. And Father, um, I just thank you once again for this fellowship, Lord. We will bring those who are going to come, Lord, um, safely, Lord God, and just for our time in fellowship, our time in communion, Lord God. May we not take those things for granted, Lord. Thank you for blessing us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship our King. Amen. Lord, you lift, you lift this heavy load.
every sickness. Lord, you're
heart and mind. It's not one bound by deception and lies and perversion. That we would be instruments of righteousness and not tools for wickedness. The God that you were pleased to reveal yourself to us through your Son Jesus, Lord. Yes. <laughs> And that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. For those who have been called out and and grafted into your family, to your kingdom, Lord. Father, we thank you that our eyes have been opened. We are not our own. So I thank you for the encouragement, Father. I thank you for the breaking. I thank you for the molding. Yes. I thank you that you are the ultimate potter and we're just the clay. (laughs) So, Father, we thank you yet for another day of life and that your mercies are new each morning. We thank you, Father, that your grace is transforming us. We thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, may our time be just pleasing unto you, Christ, and Holy Spirit, lead and guide. Guide us as we're hearing and reading your word so ultimately that we may live it and apply it. So ultimately our lives, Father, would bring glory and honor to you and to you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You were bought with a price. Your life is not your own. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Yes. This work in which God begins in us. Let's not forget that. You've heard me say numerous times before, we didn't initiate this relationship with God. We never would have. But God loved us, yet though we were in complete rebellion towards Him, He has pursued us. He thought of us even before the world was formed. He is pleased to reveal Himself to us through His Son, Jesus. Jesus came and was crushed and was wounded and ultimately slayed, ultimately slayed for us. He took upon our wrath that we deserved because of the sin that we committed. In complete rebellion to a holy God, yet a holy God sends forth His Holy Son to take upon the punishment of His creation, so that ultimately His creation can be restored back to Him. God initiates this through the Holy Spirit who draws us, ultimately through Christ, through the resurrected Christ. Because again, Jesus is not in the tomb. He's not so... Hanging on the cross. He's not not still a prophecy to be fulfilled. 
No, he's a resurrected Christ. He's a resurrected Son of God. He completed what he came to do. To save the world. Now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God interceding for us. And he empowers us now with the Holy Spirit. If we're truly Christians, if we're truly born again, we have the Spirit of God in us. God Himself in us, living through us. Comforting us, teaching us. Empowering us to obey Jesus. To live a life that's not demanding our will be done, but His will be done. We get up with a new mindset. We're living for the eternal, not for the temporal any longer. We're not clinging tightly to the temporal things of life. We're not using our bodies as instruments of of wickedness because now our bodies, we recognize, belong to God. And that's the whole body. Body, soul, and spirit. (laughs) Everything that encompasses your being the essence of who you are, if you're truly in Christ, belongs to God. You have yielded your old nature. You've nailed it to His cross. You've surrendered your life. And now you're learning to live in this life that was always purposed for you. We're not waiting for eternity on the other side. No, we're walking it out now. We're living now because we recognize that God has a plan and a purpose since the beginning. And now we have been brought up into it. For such a time as this, in our generation, we are purposed for God, to reveal God to a dying world. To those who are still bound to the temporalness of this life, still enslaved to their sinful ways still entrapped and captivated by the enemy, God has us here as his representatives in a foreign land that is at war against his kingdom. And we are to represent him in the midst of all the hostility and the midst of it all for the sake of his kingdom that will not be shaken. And so we live out of a place now, if you're in Christ, a victory. It's opposite day every day for a believer. That's why we cannot live out our lives based on our emotional, our feelings, or our temporalness. No, no. We base our lives now, we live out our lives now, and the eternal truth of what Christ has proclaimed. And our position as the Word of God continually reminds us is that we are in Christ. We are seated with Christ. We're clothed with Christ. We're putting on Christ. We're living out Christ. It's all Christ, as we spoke of in length last week. It's all Jesus, you all. Nothing more, nothing less. Jesus. So we must honor God in all that we say and do. 
This is how we're maturing. Not going to be perfect in it, but this is how we are maturing. We're not settling. No, we are maturing. We're not going back. We're not sitting down. No, we're getting up and we're moving forward, even if we have to crawl. Even if it's baby steps. Whatever it is, your life should be moving forward. And I've warned you all, if you see no movement of forward, something's wrong with your Christianity. Because now you're complacent. Now you're stagnant. Now you're stunted. And in yet again, you're in rebellion to a holy God who has called you out. To a God in whom you claim you love and serve. To a God in whom you say has purchased you, bought you, and now you live as if he has no right to you. Oh, we have to wake up, church. As I shared with us last week, <laughs> the enemy's in the church. He's been given access. He's had it since the church was birthed. Just like he had access to the garden when it was created. And God knows this. And God's not threatened by it. Because Jesus, even before the cross, even before he came, even before the resurrection, had already won. Because all of this would have come to pass. Nothing was going to stop it. Nothing. The enemy has tried. The enemy has done his best. He's been given full reign. Run amok. But God's plan has always, even before the earth, and even before the garden, and even before... Man was formed. It was already finished. Victory was already his. There was never no doubt. It's just now all played out. For all creation to see how great our God is. He's not man that he should lie. You could trust the one who won even before he spoke. Because he's always been. He's always was. Mm -hmm. And forever he will always be. Yes. God. Yes. And this is the God in whom you say <laughs> you follow. You believe in. You trust in. You hope in. And if that's the case, then live as such. Live for Him. Honor Him. Trust in Him. Love Him. Obey Him. Mature. Grow. Let go of the former ways. Stop allowing the stinking thinking in and the self-driven motives in. No, start doing combative warfare. Because again, what's behind you, there's nothing back there that's even worth mentioning or a value. Nothing. 
Again, we're not to be like the dog that returns to its vomit. No, we're different now. And even in our failures, we're different because we get up. Yes. Because we understand it's not us, it's Him through us. We already understand the nature of us. We already understand it's wicked. It's in rebellion. You give it just a moment, it's going to scream at God. <clears throat> but no, no, no. It has been silenced. It has been nailed to His cross. It has no longer any rights. It's dead. And so some of us need to stop picking up the dead and trying to put it back on and live in it. And when the dead is starting to stench in you, you better deal with the stench. Because you can smell it. You can smell it in your own life, in your own thoughts, in your own patterns. God is not pleased, and nor should you be. And so that's why he calls us up out of it. And that's why you can repent and get up. Instead of walling around, poor me, poor me. Instead of constantly giving over to the same patterns of struggles, the same patterns of, of lack, the same patterns of strife, the same patterns of deception and manipulation, and all the same patterns that all the old nature knows to do, and it does nothing but bring forth destruction. Mm-hmm. So, but when we surrender to Christ, we now say, how then shall we live? And he's not pleased with us because we have followed a list of rules. No, he's pleased with us because of Christ and what he's accomplished. So now we're just understanding this new way. This new way of life. And we have to be ready, you all, to share this with others. We have to be ready not to combat them, not to fight them, not to you know, berate them to, you know, whatever. But just live it out and just offer hope to people. And if you don't have hope, then how can you offer it to others? And how can you claim to have hope, but yet be a a hypocrite and others see your life, you, you claiming one thing and yet living another? And really, then there's no hope at all because they see that nothing matches your life. And then how sad. Because now you're tarnishing the character of Christ and the representation of His kingdom. I said, Jesus. Jesus, help us. We've got to be able to share. No matter with who. You know, I know people like to say, well, you know, I've come out of this, i come out of that, so I can minister to those people. But I don't know how to minister to this person or that person. That doesn't make any sense. Because the same message is for all. (laughs) The same message is for all. Who put you in the box? God didn't, you know, set up all these different ways and different people, groups, and this, this, that. No, we're Christians. The same thing you would share with one person is the same thing you share with the next person the next person. I had a great conversation this morning with a Jew. There's this one social media platform that I'm on. It gets more traction than the others. But the traction usually is people trying to push back on these posts that I post on Christ. 
And so he wanted to tell me how Moses negotiated with God for God to change his character. I said, well, no, I said, no, Moses never negotiated with God for God to change his character, for God not to be holy. Moses negotiated for your people. <laughs> that God would not destroy them. That's what I told him. No, he, he negotiated with God to God have mercy. For God to remember, oh, wait a minute, God, these are your people, have mercy. But he never, he didn't ask God to, 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 you change who you are and adopt to our desires and our rights. I said, no, that's never happened. So then I began to share with him, I had to be, you know, it's the Holy Spirit quick, because I, I don't, you know, me. That's the Holy Spirit quick, come on now, you got to move up with this man. So the Lord began to lead me, and so I began to post all this stuff for him that he would recognize as a Jew, Hebrew words for holiness, then scriptures in the Old Testament that pointed to holiness, and that nothing really has ever changed until Christ. And even then, God did not change his holiness. We just have hope now because before Christ, we would have never been able to measure up. So then I plopped him a nice little link for further study. Please refer to. That's awesome. You see, I didn't have to be intimidated by a Welsh scholar because he wanted to pull out the Torah and all this other stuff. I don't know nothing about no Torah for, in a way of that, that they know. I can know of the Old Testament. <laughs> I've read the Old Testament. I read all the books that they look at, and, but they're very ch- 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 rigid. Mm-hmm. But as I share that to say, that's what I'm telling you all. You should be able to share. You should be able to, to stand firm in your faith and the knowledge of your God and who He is and what He could do for whoever yes. your audience is. And I don't have to fight. I didn't have to berate. I didn't have to be nasty with him. I didn't have to attack him. No. You just got to begin to share with people, you all. And you don't need to have, yes, it's good to study and get education and, and do all that stuff to, to get even gain more wisdom and knowledge. I'm not against that. But don't let your lack of depth of study keep you from sharing your faith and belief in Christ. Because if you're saying you're a Christian, then why are you a Christian? You should be able to articulate that. What was, what was the reason you came to Christ? And if you can't, then I would say something's wrong. You don't need a 12-step program to teach you how to evangelize. Though, though they are nice... You just need to know Christ. Christ has been revealed to you. And now you have a hope that you've never had before. That hope would never be taken away from you. And you can offer it to other people. Not because of anything of yourself, but because of Christ. Because all we have is Jesus. We are His representatives. And I hear time and time and time again, rather it's from the lost or rather, it's from the loss in the church that thought that they were Christians all their lives. Oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. You see, the enemy's working overtime. 
Again, he has full access. He's running amok. Doesn't take God by surprise. Again, Christ has already won. So we're not to tremble, we're not to quake, we're not to shake and withdraw. No, we go into battle for the souls of mankind. It's like I said last week, when you've sat in darkness for quite some time, when you have just a little bit of pinhole of light, you begin to focus on it. It does something to your eyes. And then soon you get so captivated by it, you begin to claw at it to make it bigger. Yes. That's what happens to the soul yeah. of men and women. Just the pinhole of light of Christ, of the truth of Christ, is exposed. Christ has you on the other side as his hands. His hands. This way. His feet sometimes carry others this way. His arms just maybe to embrace others. You're safe now. Not because of you, but because of the one you represent. Christ. He's the light. See, your life may just be that one little pin hole. other person sees so then so go forth and let your light shine Mm. you're not Holy Spirit Junior you're not going to bring it about in them you just do what you've been called to do plant and water plant and water plant and water plant and water and don't grow weary in doing so This is how you're living. This is how you're embracing life now. This is why you can little by little let go of your grip on what's behind you and what you've identified with. But I like this, I like that. Is it really bad? Yes, it is. Because you have to keep asking yourself if it's bad, it's bad. Because there's a reason why you keep asking. The enemy loves nothing more than for you to be taunted by, did God really say... Oh, come on, they're just super spiritual there. I, I don't have to be that super spiritual. Oh, no, you understand the Christian life? It's all spirit-filled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would encourage y'all to wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up as the hour is getting darker. You to be burning brighter. You're to be the representation of Christ upon this earth to others. You're not Christ, but you're representing him. You're an ambassador of his kingdom. And you can talk to anyone. You can share with anyone. You can begin to go forth and proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes. And we have to stop, as I've been saying over these months, we have to stop bowing down to other gods just to appease people. Unfortunately, you all, you are going to lose people. They're not going to want to be around you. And ultimately, you're 
boundaries that you set, you're not going to keep allowing them to be pushed over. If you're setting boundaries in people with people in your life and they keep pushing over, it's not because of them, it's because of you, because you really don't trust in what the boundaries in which God has asked you to place. And so you're actually dishonoring God over and over and over and over again, all for the sake of these other little gods that are running amok. Oh no, oh no. Stand up, you all, and say no more. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. And this is the heart cry of a believer now. Not on my watch. And again, you don't have to fight with people. You don't have to demand them to live the Christian life. So I've been ministering to different people and different situations and, and families that are, that are dealing with diff- different situations within their, their family dynamics. I said, stop trying to have your unsaved children live as if they're Christians. That <laughs> doesn't work. And stop believing that they're Christians when they're not. That's the weirdest thing I hear a lot of times. Well, you know, no, I don't. And why do you think? Well, they said a little prayer. What does that mean? Why? I don't know why we keep falling back on this little prayer. The devil prays. <laughs> the demons pray. What does that mean? Witches pray. I don't know what this means. Why? Why? What do we? What do we? What, do we, what does that mean? I mean, I get, I get it. <laughs> you know, but no. If that prayer didn't alter their life. Well, it, guess what it was? Just a little prayer. <laughs> so we have to start being real. We have to start realizing, no, wait a minute. Well, they seem to be doing well. They're in church. Okay, but what, what does that mean? Hell's in church. Demons are in churches. <clears throat> Witches are sitting in church. Well, I don't know what this means. You say, well, then what hope do we have? A transformed life. A life that is awakened to truth, the acceptance of Jesus as God's Son, and that He rose from the dead. And that belief and that confession begins this birth process within them. And again, you're not looking looking for perfection, but you are looking for maturing. And then you can come alongside and you can begin to disciple them. Holding them to standards of truth. But we just got to start being real with people. Sometimes we just got to ask people. Well, I, I believe in Jesus, but what does that mean to you? Who is he? Sometimes we put these, ex, these Christian expectations on the unsaved around us because we're thinking that they're saved and in reality that they're not. But we wouldn't know because we never ask. Mm-hmm. They just grew up in church. But we got to get real. People are hurting. People are lost. People are seeing the chaos in the church and then, then they blame the whole church. Mm-hmm. I've had to correct a few people over the past months or so. Oh no, that's not the bride of Christ in which you have seen. 
in motion. I get it. Yes, you saw a lot of hypocrisy. Yes, you saw this and you saw that. But you never truly saw the bride. She lives differently. She's not the whore running amok. That's who you saw. You saw the invitation, the, 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 the wannabe, <laughs> led by the one who has dirtied her and tainted her. That's who you saw. And yet they'll claim Jesus. But, but that's not the bride. <laughs> Let me tell you who the bride is. She's spotless. She's clean. She's holy. She's ready. She's prepared. She knows her king. She's waiting patiently. But in that waiting, she's busy. Preparing. And nothing detours her. She's confident. She's confident. She's confident she belongs to him. And he belongs to her. Not by her works. But by what he's already accomplished for her. It's a whole way different way of living, you all. And people are intrigued. What? Yeah. It's a whole different way. And this is the message that you have to share. This is what you're going out there. In your workplace, in your stores, in your communities, when you're around family. This is what you're doing. This is how you're living. And you're not backing down. No. They have every right to run amok as they want. Heck, they have every right to live as a tainted whore in the church. But that's what they want. Every right. But you have no right to yoke yourself with them. Mm. All to appease them in hopes to win them for Christ. Because that's not how Christ did it. <laughs> you see, lest we forget... Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. No, he came to save it. Because he already knew the world was condemned. I told you, people like to twist that scripture. And that's why they use that as, oh, see, Jesus gets us. No, no. Yeah, he gets you all right. He's coming for you. <laughs> His wrath is going to swallow you up. Yeah. Because he already knows the world stands condemned. There's a day, there's an hour, there's a moment. And that's just not in the Old Testament, that's in the New Testament. It's stored up. Jesus himself says, only one that knows is the Father. I don't even know. <laughs> but it's coming. But this is my reason. This is my very purpose of coming to earth. Putting on flesh. Experiencing what you experience. Yet, not living like you did. Because the cross was set before me, and I've considered it joy. I knew what, was, I knew what it was going to cost me, but I still came. Because the purpose was for you. To be with us all along. It's the greatest love story ever to be told, you all. And this is who we go out and we share. 
with our words and with our actions. And we're growing in it. So you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, but you're just going to keep getting back up and being cleansed. This beautiful picture that we heard about on Friday nights, you've heard about from quite some time here. You've been cleansed if you're in Christ. You've been washed clean like the shame and all of that is gone. Like the freedom that you have in Christ, you all. Like, man. Nothing. Nothing. Can take that from you. You can only walk away from it. But why would you? Why would you? So this is my encouragement for us. Know your God. Love your God. Trust in Him. Be faithful to Him. He's not going to lead you astray. He's never going to leave you or abandon you. He knows you intimately. He longs for you. He's made provision for you through His Son. That now you can have peace with Him. And that wrath that is stored up, you've already been swallowed up in his love. You're already protected from it. But because you're aware of it, man, that's why you have a desperate drive within you to announce it to others. It's coming. It's coming, but there's a way out. It's coming. It's coming, but there's a way out. His name is Jesus. It should be your drive. It should be your day-to-day, just who you are. Laboring in prayer. Allowing your, your spiritual disciplines to mature. Your, your quiet time, your devotional time. Your, your Bible reading. Your fasting. You're, you're tithing. You're, you're in fellowship. You're not neglecting it. You're just growing. Not because, oh, I have to. No, it's, they're not rigid law and burdens that weigh you down. You just understand these are the principles of his kingdom. And again, you've heard me say just as much effort as you put into living your old life. You put a lot of effort into your own destruction. Put that same drive over here, but not in your strength, but via the Holy Spirit empowering you to grow and to mature. Lest you forget your old nature, this thing that you're still wrestling with, it's bent for your destruction. That's why I keep telling you. When your eyes are open, years ago when my eyes were open, that my God, it's me and me alone that has done this. Like I am the only one responsible, not my mama, not my daddy, not those who abused me sexually, not those who tore me as an innocent young child and brutally sexually molested me. What? It's not their fault. 
It's not this, it's not that, it's not over here, it's not this, it's not up, it's not down. Like ultimately, like myself is bent for my own destruction. Not that I caused all that bad stuff to happen to me. That bad stuff happened to me because I live in a fallen world. And I didn't do anything to provoke those men and women to molest me. But what I chose to do with the actions that were done to me and the neglect and this and to that and all this other stuff and the abuse and all this other drama, my responsibility. Because I was just living out of the nature I was born into. And so I made decisions, I made choices. Me and all along, God, you were there. All along, giving me a little pinhole of light. All along, saying, No, there's a better way. But I just kept refusing it. You just keep refusing it. Mankind just keeps refusing it. And so then as, the, as it's escalating, as the events of this earth are in full motion to get us to where we're heading, to where the Antichrist steps out, the way out, as dark as the world is getting, man, the church is here, you all. Church is here. We haven't been removed. God's mercy and His grace and everything of His plan of redeeming mankind because of what Christ has accomplished is still in play. Because we're here to announce it, to be the light, to be the witness. Because we recognize that before Christ, who we were, we were bent for our own destruction. No matter how good we think we were, well, I didn't have all that stuff bad happen to me. It doesn't matter. You're still a sinner. You still think the wrong thoughts. You're still self-driven, self-motive. You're, you're all self, me, myself, and I. We're all born into sin. The flavor and how it's tainted us may look different. But you just thinking, oh, I'm different just shows you the sin of pride in your life. That there's nothing wrong with you. And oh, isn't that a sad story of what happened to you? It didn't happen to me. Well, praise God it didn't. But still, <laughs> there's marks on your life. Whatever they may have been. <laughs> that that old nature, that sinful nature of yours has latched on to. And it's bent for your destruction. However it's played out in your life. Because that's what we're born into. But the good news, you all, is Jesus. The good news. It's the gospel. It's the good news of being born again. 
That's why this weird Christianity that's being preached out there, or how they want to deconstruct it, like, oh no, you can be a Christian, just keep living, doing whatever you want. That's not Christianity. There's no self in Christianity. As I've been sharing over the past few weeks with people, Christianity is not a self-help. Christianity is just not a self-help, some type of counseling program that you put people through. And then poof, okay, look, you're done and you graduated and look, oh, God, you're a Christian. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not how I get my best life now. Though that's what's marketed. Everywhere. And you say, well, then what is Christianity? It's a call to die to yourself and to be born again. To be born again, you have to rethink what you thought. You have to understand that things are different now, even the very essence of your being. Because it's not driven by you. It's now through God in you accomplishing the purpose of God's will in your life that he prepared for you back here before the world was formed and before he placed you in your mother's womb. He's already prepared you to do good works, the Bible says. I don't know if we get that. Like when he hits you, like when he hit me, I'm just like, huh? wow. So our eyes are open and I go, hmm, Interesting. You begin to see things differently. And you begin to see yourself differently. Oh no. That's what I always tell you. You know the old you. You know when he or she's trying to climb back up. That dead thing, get back up on you. Oh no, no, no. Get off of me. I know you. (laughs) I'm not going to drag you around. I know what you do. I know what you want. Ah! But I'm going to remind you what Christ has done. (laughs) I'm going to remind you who I belong to now. And I have a new mind, a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. So I don't need to run amok in my mind and have my emotions all drained out. I don't need to go try to find my love and connection and acceptance and needs and wants. And blah. I don't need to allow my insecurities to, to drive me to despair. I don't need to look upon me and see all the, the things that are wrong with me. No! Because I can tell you what Christ has said. And you should be able to list the truths of Christ that he has pronounced over your life. They shatter the stronghold you all. I'm telling you, it's a whole new way of living. And yet, and yet, what we've done with it as we said, no, let's bring it down to just an hour on a Sunday. <clears throat> Poof, here's your Christianity. Well, how does that work? How does it sustain people? I've always said, I said, Lord Jesus, what? What? No. It's a lifestyle. It's just who you're growing to be now. Just again, as you were in the natural, as a baby, you had to be fed, you had to grow, you had to mature, you took in everything, and from everything you took in, and all the stuff that's happened to you, began to form you. You were born in a body. Your body matured, your soul developed, your spirit developed. 
But when you're reborn, the order changes. It's not body, soul, and spirit. When you're reborn, it's spirit, soul, and body. And that's how you're growing. That's how you're maturing. So this is the newness of life you all. This is what we have to offer people. And it's a lot, I know. It is. It's a lot. You can't explain it in just 30 minutes. That's why it's a lifestyle with people. That's why you walk it out with people. That's why Jesus calls it discipleship. That's what Jesus did. When he, it's a pattern. Watch Christ. Learn of Christ. See how what he did. How, he, how did he do it? The masses were around him. But he grabbed 12. And even one of them, he already knew what the purpose was for him. But then from the 12, he began to show them how to go forth and multiply. And still they were lacking. Until he says, I must go away so that he will come. Oh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. What? Yeah. And then they watched him be dragged and beaten and tortured and crushed and nailed to a cross, bled out, and thrown in a tomb. Three days later, here I am. I'm back. I told you all. Now go wait in the upper room. And the day that the Holy Spirit fell and began to indwell the people of God, everything shifted on this earth. Everything, you all. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. If you're a believer, if you're not, it's not. not. So don't pretend. It's not. But Christ desires for you to be filled, brand new, born again, birth of the Spirit. Now God himself is in you. You are now the temple of God to go forth and do the will of God for the glory of God. To advance his kingdom. To announce the good news. To live differently. And yes, the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other inside. But the flesh cannot overpower the spirit. It can't. Unless you say, "Mm, I got this God. Are you sure? I'll take it for this hour. What? And then we begin to do actions and things and thoughts and this and go places we ought not to be dragging God to. Well, he hung out with the sinner so he can come with me. What? (laughs) Yes, he did, but he didn't lose himself in his identity of who he was. So we begin to think about this. You know, like you recognize you're a sinner, you receive him, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, life is different. I, I don't feel comfortable in this dead carcass anymore. 
<laughs> How do I live now? How do I speak? How do I think? How do I address the emotional trauma and the physical abuse and the mentalness and all this stuff that happened to me now? What do I do with all that? Or whatever the issues were in your life? He says, follow me. I got you. What I'm about to do in your life, like it's just going to reveal me. Because it's actually not going to be for you. I've already done what I needed to do for you. I just need you now to let me bring forth what I placed in you <laughs> back here. Because again, I'm going to announce this to you again because I've been thinking about this. Maybe you never thought about it. Maybe you saw the victory is done when Christ came from the tomb. Oh, it was done then. The physical manifestation of the resurrection. Sin and death destroyed at that hour. But it was already, everything was already accomplished <laughs> even before the earth was formed. It was just all <sighs> played out now. So that all creation, for all eternity, will know the love of God. Yes. You would never know it if it wasn't before us. It was never a thought of God that his plan wouldn't work, you all. That's why I'm saying when, the, like when I said the enemy is, has full access to the church, don't be surprised by that because he had full access to the garden. Nothing is taken by God by surprise. God's plan, God's purpose will come about because it's already been established. And so if you can really grasp that, so if, you're, if, I, if that's truth and that's like, wow, yes, God, ah, so then what you say is back here, you prepared me to, you thought of me, you prepared good works for me to do, back here, even before here, even before all that I went through and endured in the life that I lived and all of that, you still said, nope, <laughs> he's mine, she's mine. light of hope began to expand. And then once you receive, then your life has changed forever. You're freed. And it's not a fake freedom. It's not a religious front. It's not a pretend. It's not a mask. Though some people wear it. Hopefully you don't. And that's the whole purpose of True Freedom Fellowship. Like that segue? Mm -hmm, that's good. True Freedom Fellowship, 17 years tomorrow. We've been meeting. <clears throat> pouring out. Strengthening others. Encouraging others. Sowing in to all types of other opportunities to, for the gospel to go forth. And then our name for our church, True Freedom Fellowship. True meaning genuine. There's a purpose behind the name. I prayed about it, talked about it. There's a purpose behind it. True, genuine, 
It's not a facade. It's not a pretend. It's not supposed to be. So if you're sitting here and that's what you've got, then something's wrong. <laughs> but it's a genuineness. Freedom. It's a genuine freedom. And that freedom is Christ. Because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So it's a genuine freedom in Christ that we are liberated. And then fellowship. Community. It's a genuine freed community to accomplish what God has called us to do. Each and every single one of us, not just me, not just a few, but each and every single one of us. If you've truly been born again, then keep growing. Again, that's what's the beauty of freedom. And I find it a lot in churches and in the church community comparison. And I, and I don't understand the compare. I mean, I do. The comparison comes from insecurities. The comparison comes from the old nature you know, and, and I did it for many years. Like, oh, is this how you're supposed to do ministry? This and that. And, oh, I got to be the loudest shuck and driving and carrying on and get the crowd roaring and, and whatever. <laughs> and if I don't, then I don't have the anointing. <laughs> if I'm not constantly prophesying, if I'm constantly not, you know, this and doing that and all this other stuff. And there's nothing wrong if that's truly how God is moving in the midst of his people. Nothing wrong. <laughs> but when we try to make everyone fit into that, and if you don't do it, then something's wrong with you. <laughs> like, that's weird. Yeah. That's odd. Because he distributes, the Holy Spirit distributes gifts among all of us. And we're to collectively be utilizing and using these gifts ultimately to accomplish what he's called us here to do. And that's why I constantly remind us you're to be a healthy member of the body of Christ. So I'm passionate to try to hold you accountable, not because you have to answer to Rob, like you have to answer to God. And so if you're not growing, you're constantly up and down, left and right, here and there, out today and tomorrow, all over the place, like something's wrong. And it's not that you're answering to me, like where is your commitment to God? <laughs> like something's wrong. But as far as your giftings and you're growing and you're just maturing in it, the level of freedom to come to say, I can stand up and I can share the word of God and I don't have to care what Maritza thinks about the, the layout of the format. <laughs> Take it up with God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's a level of freedom that just flows from my life. And it should just flow from your life. Now, I would care if I'm teaching something in error and then Maritza says, oh, oh, wait, you know, then that's totally different. Oh, God, thank you, Maritza. You know what I'm saying? Like, that should be humble. And you're like, oh. But if she's like, oh, why aren't you shouting at Jameson? Why aren't you throwing oil? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you constantly prophesying? Why aren't you speaking over this? And why aren't you doing that? And why aren't we seeing limbs grow? And why aren't we seeing that and this and this and the dead raising? <laughs> Go to Africa. It's happening there. <laughs> Until God calls us to do it here, I don't know what to tell you. If that's what you're looking for, I'll get you a plane to Africa. Things like that are happening there. Praise the Lord. 
But don't try to come in here and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. No. You all understand what I mean? And it is the same with your life. So that's why you don't compare and look at others. Oh, they pray that way. Oh, no, 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 I should pray. No, just pray as the Lord leads you. You're not doing it to, to, you know, to whatever. Make us all go, ooh, wow, look at you. Great intercessor you are. Who cares? Because I'm telling you, the same people who may be like, all up for you, they'll be the, fe- the next ones in the next hour tearing you down. Mm-hmm. I can't believe my Shayla prays that way, but look how loose she is with her lips when she's over here. Just use you as an example, Shay. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? But 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 in this hour, it's like, oh, Michelle, what an eloquent prayer. And look how you're, you know, but to praise her and all, praise God. Look what, you know, and all of a sudden, like, they, they tear you down just as quick as they build you up. So that's why you're not looking for the applause of man. That's why you're not comparing. You're not, no. There's a level of freedom. There's a level of, of just living out. As long as it's not being chaotic. You're just living out your growth. And that's why we're not measuring. I don't have a measuring stick here. And, you know, and, and oh, look, oh, this is where you were. Now you're here. Well, that's not what we're doing. But you should be growing. There should be growth in your life. If not, something's wrong. Or maybe I'll text you and call you like something's wrong. Maybe I'll sit down with you like something's wrong. <laughs> but other than that, you should be enjoying the process. And in that enjoyment, knowing it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever walked through. This Christian life, is, it's, it's the hardest thing to live in the temporal realm. But enjoy the process. Because it can be done. The hard part is dying to self. That's what makes it hard. Because we long for all this other stuff. But Christ is going, really, Rob? I'm like, no, oh, I can't, no, no, And then I don't get mad, I just, because he knows. See, that's the confidence that I can have. You know already. Like, you're not trying to keep something. You're not trying to be this mean God, take strip me, I can't have any more fun. What? No, like, he knows. He's the author of life. He knows life. And if he's telling me, no, who am I? I don't want to keep fighting him. Oh, okay. Then help me. Holy Spirit, help me think better thoughts. Help me this. Help me that. Whatever it is. So you're just growing. You're just maturing. You're just enjoying it. Well, I failed. Get up. Well, I don't want to go near God anymore. What? I don't want to go to church anymore. What? So anyways, that's the whole point. And so we have a fellowship that we've created where people can just come and be free. Free to grow, free to live, free to come in right in the state and the condition that they're in. And that's where we're loving people, you all. And that's how we should be doing it. Do we do it perfectly? No. But hopefully we're growing more and more. More and more. We're holding each other accountable. No, shh. Don't talk that way about you that. Use you guys as an example. Uh, no, don't just make excuses for Gilda. Just use you as an example. No, if something needs to be addressed, address it and address it as the Word of God calls us to address it. 
say this is the way it is. It's just because it's community. Because it's based on something that's genuine. That leads to, to freedom in Christ. That then brings forth a fellowship of people. That says we all come from all different struggles. And the beauty of it is that there's all these different people out there. Still captive. My hope is, is as we gather, the times that we gather, that you all get sharpened, that you get equipped, that you get encouraged to say, yes, Lord. Your confidence in him just keeps growing so that when you step out there, you're walking upright, you're walking differently. And people are going, wow, something's different. You say, oh, it's not something, it's someone. You just begin to share you all. And that's how it multiplies. And so, who are we? We've heard this before. It probably comes in and comes out, but hopefully it, you can kind of really grasp who we are. And if you, it'll be in the notes, but it's also on our website. John eight thirty six. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. True Freedom Fellowship, a group of people who have chosen to die to themselves, pick up their cross, and follow Christ daily. We are a full-functioning church within the body of Christ, so we're not set out. People say, well, are you not part of the, ch- the church? No, we are. Oh, you meet in a house. So what does that mean? There's people that meet out in the jungles. Yes. I don't know. What does that mean? So we may look different, but we are actually part of the body of Christ. Now, in the eyes of the government, we're not 5013C. So the tithes in which you give or the tithes that people give, not, it's not a tax credit. I'm not writing you a receipt. And you say, well, why, why don't we do that? Well, I, I believe at some point we're already starting to see, but this was 17 years ago when I decided and said, no, but I don't feel the Lord is calling us to do that. I did look into it. I thought maybe, okay, we're supposed to do that, but no one else does it. But I just really felt like God's like, that's not what I called you to. And then the reason why is what we're beginning to see now is that the government at some point will begin to tell churches, you're going to preach what we approve of. It's already happening in Canada. (laughs) And if you don't, then we'll strip you of your 5013C and we'll take that property. You see, so if you ever wonder, why aren't we 5013C? That's, that's the only thing, difference. We just don't have that classification in the eyes of the government. <laughs> because I don't want to get the government that right and that control where we have all this whatever and then it could just be taken away. And so a decision has to make, do we submit our sermons to them, to this task force for them to get approved for us then to stand up and preach? And there's all these agendas that are attacking. There's all these things that are in courts in California and Maryland, all these different places, that if they're passed, then the basis of the control of the state and of the government could then then begin to dominate the, the church <laughs> and what is tolerated, quote-unquote, in the church. And so, just... For a little bit of knowledge, in case you never knew that about us. Other than that, we are part of the body of Christ. We don't meet in a traditional building, but in a home. A living room is our sanctuary, and couches are our pews. 
The dining room is our fellowship hall, and our pastor can be found in an armchair instead of a pulpit or standing up. Either one. But our hearts are the same as millions of believers all over the world, a desire to serve at the pleasure of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Our mission field, family, neighborhoods, co-workers, our communities, to the ends of the earth. A group of people who have overcome the bondage of our past through the redemptive, freeing, and healing power of Jesus Christ, been forgiven of much, and have the desire to see genuine freedom come to the captives of sin and shame. So we do life together 24-7. A commitment, a lifestyle, a commitment to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and a commitment to each other. To encourage, to edify, and to build up the body of believers. Come, live this new life out loud for the world to hear. This is who we are. It's a commitment. And I still find it fascinating. It still happened, it just happened last week with people. They're like, so what, 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 your church? And I said, what's a house church? Oh, when you meal, we meet on Sundays. And, you know, I tell them the times, and it's always that. I said, well, then we meet on Wednesday and like, and then by God, by the time I tell them we meet on Fridays, they're flabbergasted. Really? <laughs> like still to this day, that's what you do? I'm like, yeah. Why is that weird? People sit that long? I don't force them. It's, it's uh, just who we are. It's just what we do. It's just kind of, it's not strange to me. Hopefully it's not strange to you all. <laughs> like it's just, no, it's okay. Like, yeah. And I get it because things throughout the years have changed. Churches have changed the formats and how they schedule and what they do and this and this and that. And that's totally fine. They can do however they want. I don't find it strange. Adjust what you need to adjust. <laughs> but it just always fascinates me. Like, what? <laughs> but that's a commitment. And that's a commitment that first started with Gilda and I. Even when her and I were talking about eventually being married, what our marriage would look like. It's not going to look like all the other marriages. And that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Like, our life, our marriage, I mean, we ha we've had our past. <laughs> we've done our things. We we've had whatever. But we come together, the purpose of us being together is Christ-ordained. And to live this life out together in order to encourage others, to see others set free. For us to forsake the time that we would have with each other and to do things. And there's nothing wrong with couples doing that. So again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. But if you try to put her and I in that box like every other couple, like that doesn't work because that's not what God called us to. And that was nothing that took her by surprise. I didn't marry her and then go, oh, hey, by the way, this is how our life is going to look. <laughs> she knew that beforehand. She had to pray to God, is this really what you have for me? <laughs> All right. Like, you know, like it's, it's offering, like the life is totally different. And so we're committed to this 24-7. 
And so if we're committed to this, if we're committed to constantly going, we work full-time jobs, we have to take care of life, we have to take care of issues, we have to, you know, struggle with this and that and all this other stuff, but bless me to God, the house will be ready for you. And that's just how then you all should be living. Your homes should then, it doesn't have to do like Gilda and Rob, but you should realize like, wait, this is, this is, this is a level of commitment to a fellowship. So this is how we live our life. It's not a burden. I don't know. This is how we live. Someone needs a place. Okay. Someone needs to come in just for counseling. Okay. And I'm talking about like your home. Like you should be able to get to a place where you're opening up your home and you're like, oh, this is how it can be used. And maybe it's not at the extreme, if you would, though it's not extreme, but to the extreme that what we do, I don't want you to measure, again, it's not measuring what I'm going to do. Like, no, no, you do as the Lord moves you. But your place should be a place where others are being equipped. Maybe on a Wednesday night, you can't get here, but you maybe can get friends around the monitor. <laughs> and you can join via Zoom. Well, we'll just do a Wednesday night study. Whoever wants to come, a spaghetti dinner. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because I, I share all that because that, it's just not, okay, that's what they do, and then I'll show up when I can. <laughs> like, no. Like, we all should be committed to this. And then figuring out, then how do I serve here? How do I, how do I have a niche in here? Where is my place in this? Well, it seems like all this is being taken care of. No, there's so much other stuff that can be done. I'm just waiting for people to step up. I shouldn't have to go and say, okay, well, then you do that. You do you that. You know. No, there's always a need in the body of Christ to accomplish what God is calling us to do. And that's why it's vital that you're a healthy member and that you're growing and that you know what your gifts are. And if you don't know, then by God... You should be sitting down with me and going through and learning and going, oh, oh, okay. Well, then with these gifts, how then? How do I get them active here? How do I? How do I do this in my life? And this is how we grow. So, what are our core values? Love, unity, transparency, accountability, and growth. Hopefully you know them. If you don't, these are our core values, just not as a fellowship. But this is what we're all saying. These are the values that are going to drive our life because we're committed first to Christ and then what Christ has drawn us to. So love has to be our foundation. Love has to be the very purpose that we're doing this (laughs) because that's what was his driving love and then from love we build unity because there's really never true unity until truly one knows that they belong as a sense of security as a sense of yeah I may be ugly but man they're they're going to still be there for me because that's what he does and then from unity we can begin just to be transparent. I've got nothing to hide. You should have nothing to hide. 
If you're doing things you ought not to be doing, if things are running amok, don't keep it in the dark. It has to get out into the light. Eventually, it will come to the light. But I would rather just get in the habit of getting it exposed here than waiting to expose it there when everything is crumbling. Because then from transparency comes accountability. So I can be transparent before you because I know if I'm transparent before you, you're going to be like, hey, like I, got, I got you as Christ God has us. And God is going to work this out. And I'm going to hold you accountable. And it's just, again, not me. It's you all doing it with each other and doing it with others that may never brace the, the door or come into the front door. But you have access to them out there. And then, from accountability will eventually bring forth growth. So love, unity, transparency, accountability, and growth. And so then what is our vision? Call to encourage, edify, and to equip the body of Christ in order, in order to radically save souls to advance His kingdom. This is our purpose. Anything besides that, then I don't know what we're doing. Because <laughs> it really means nothing. It's all just going to burn in the end. to be advancing his kingdom. This is who we are now. If you're, if, you're a belie- if you're not a believer and you're sitting here or you're listening later, like, I would just challenge you to figure out what are you doing? Like, what's keeping you? I don't want you to hold a form of religion. I don't want you to pretend you're saved. <laughs> like, are you truly a believer? And you say, but how, how do I know? How do I know? Do you believe? Do you truly believe? Is it truly your belief in your confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He rose from the grave? You say, well, yes. Well, then it ought to alter your life. And if it hasn't, something's wrong. Because that belief in that confession, that's not, I can't teach you that. Man can't teach you that. Man can't even get you to a place to even grasp and understand that. That's a divine revelation, as we read last week, I believe, from God. Because he initiated this. And the way you come to know that he is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead is because you recognize you're a sinner. That you are in complete rebellion to a holy God. Your life <laughs> is going to be swallowed up in his wrath. Like, oh God. Like, you've initiated this relationship with me, but oh God, you're holy. Oh, oh Jesus. Like, like oh, like, you know, like, no, what I'm doing is wrong. How I'm living is wrong. Like, oh God. Like, it was made clear to you. But even in that instant, he steps in. But I've made a way to cleanse you. And it's through me. Oh, Jesus, it's through me. I took your wrath for you. Like I'm going to lay my righteousness on you. You're going to be in right standing. All of a sudden, you begin to breathe differently. I believe, Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. 
and then he rose from the dead. Because if he didn't rise from the dead, well, he's not, he's no one. He's just, he's like Buddha, like Muhammad, like the rest of them. Dead. Worm meat. Blah. Ha. Not our God. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He defeated sin and death. What? So this power that has held me down since I came forth from the birth canal is broken off of me? Yeah. The wages of it, death, there's no more. You got it, son. What? Like when you recognize this. You're a sinner. You're an enemy of the throne of God. But even in that recognition, he's there and he's like, but come this way. I've got you. Because I love you. It changes you. It alters your very being. Doesn't mean, you know, oh, like everything's great now, you know. No, but it shifts. Everything shifts. You're, you're born again of the Spirit. What? And now you're beginning to walk now. Now it begins that struggle. You didn't struggle before. I mean, oh, you struggled, but it was a different struggle back over here. <laughs> But now being born again, oh, there's a struggle. Oh, until the end. Until you take your last breath. But it's worth it. Because you know you can't be defeated because of Christ. You begin to learn the truth. And that's why you have this hunger to learn. Not because you cultivated it or you did whatever. No, it's because he's given it to you. Like you must learn of me. If you're not going to learn from me, guess where you're heading back to? Destruction. But you've been freed from that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've been freed from that. How do I live now? So he shows us. He shows us. This is the beauty of it, you all. This is the beauty of of a life reborn. And then you receive the Holy Spirit that seals it until the day of redemption. And so you're not living a life flippant where you're grieving the Holy Spirit and think that it's okay. No, yeah, no. Are you going to grieve? Are you going to fall? Are you going to stumble? You know? Yeah, but you're going to feel the conviction. You're going to get up. Run the race that's set before me. I'm not going to be bound by all that because I already know because I made a commitment back here. I knew here. Oh, so I'm not going to go. I don't have to relay the elementary foundations all over again of Christ. and Start all over again. No, no, no. No, no. I grew this far. I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going. And this is the freedom that we have as Christians. And we're just living it out. Enjoying it. So if you're not experiencing that, or if you've never experienced really knowing the depth of your depravity, (laughs) of you being an enemy to God's throne, then I I pray the weight of it hits you this week. In whatever manner it needs to. (laughs) so that you would call upon Jesus and be saved. Because it's not until you understand that that you can truly understand what's being offered to you. Because once you receive it, you're like, none of this can even compare to what I have now. And that's the beauty of it, you all. So we're going to take communion. I'm going to let the song play over us. But as we're about to take communion, remember we do it in remembrance of Him. 
So just be mindful, be prayerful, just allow this time, if there's active sin in your life, if there's things just going on, just repent, just be like, God, you know, and um, just enjoy this time, because again, this is, we do it in remembrance of Him, and this is the beauty of what Christ has ordained us to do.
please. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for the gift of your son, the wrath that he took upon himself for our freedom. Oh, God. Jesus, yes, God. May we always remember what it cost him, Lord God. So, Father, we just take this bread and we do it in remembrance of that sacrifice. Yes, Lord. He died so we could live, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Take the bread. You got which prayer with a cup? Father, oh, what love this is and what blood this is that was shed for us on that day that we may live. That Jesus, you took on all of our sins. You took the stain of all of our sins. And through the symbolic that we do here today of this cup, that we would do it in remembrance of you and we know and that we know that it was done for us. In Jesus' name, Take the cup. Thank you, Jesus. I go to Matthew 24. Okay. I have some time. <laughs> Matthew chapter 24. I wanted to end our time today. I'm not going to get to the whole thing, but that's all right. Next week, Karen. Next week, I'll get to those scriptures. But I will end with Matthew 24, and then we're also going to the final. Our final verse will be in Hebrews. But Matthew 24, it's one that you should be familiar with. <laughs> if not, then you slept through it. So today would be a good day for you to hear it. <laughs> Matthew 24, verse 4 through 14. Jesus told them, who? His disciples. Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only... Ooh, I like that. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Jesus, this isn't fun. <laughs> so many times we want these little, you know, cheesy sermons, Jesus. You know, just give us donuts. I found a great donut shop, Maritza. I'm going to tell you about it. Best coffee you put in your mouth. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> Anyways. Bring it back. <laughs> yes. That's what we want Jesus to do. Take us to a coffee shop. Let's just hang out. Let's just chill, Jesus. He's up from all of this. Oh, no. He knows. Remember when I told you? He already knows the events that are coming, but he's, it's already taken care of. That's why as believers, we don't fret. <laughs> he already knows from time before. <laughs> he already knows what's coming, but don't fret. He says, then you will be arrested, oh, persecuted, and killed. 
You'll be handed over. Oh my goodness. You'll be hated, I'm sorry, all over the world. Because you are my followers. And then we're out there peddling this weird gospel to people, you all. Like, you understand what's happening? And that doesn't awaken you to see the spiritual war that is happening. Jesus is not mincing words. This is what's going to happen to you. You don't want to come? That's fine. Don't, don't follow me. I mean, he tells them, consider the cost. It's going to cost you everything. This call to me is not, you know, no. Oh, everything's bubblegum. No. Like, consider the cost. You're going to be hated all over the world. Ah, Jesus, Jesus. And many will turn away from me. Come on. And betray and hate each other. See, when all this is escalating, when all this is coming about, don't be shocked, don't be surprised. What happens? Well, I thought we were close, Carrie. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. She's going to come after you, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, don't, we're not to be shocked when we see all this stuff happen. Like, oh, what happened? No, he's telling you, this is what's going to happen. People are going to fall away from me. And in doing so, they're going to start betraying other believers. That's going to be their sign they're not part of me anymore. They're going to start turning you in. They're going to start betraying. <laughs> Jesus. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. The level of deception, you all, that's rising in the land. We're living in a day of delusion. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. I mean, sin is going to increase. We thought it was bad here, back then, back here, back then. When on earth, in the history, especially of our nation, where would be okay, I don't know if you've seen the video, (laughs) where it would be okay for children to suck the toes of adult teachers. All for the name of charity. All the video, the video has been exposed. It happened this week. And you see these little kids sucking the toes, barefoot toes, teachers sitting in their chairs. Who thought that was okay? And now that it's being exposed, the school board and everyone's like, come on, give us a break. It was all for charity. It was all for fun. The kids knew what they were getting themselves into. What? Like when, how do we get to a place in society you know how. Everything's crazy out there. It's the most crazy. I'm telling you. And that's why I'm not shocked. That's why we don't retreat. We don't, you know, get crazy and whatever. But we just recognize. Like, no, it's going to, get, it's going to just keep running rampant. There's no turning the tides, you all. Yes, God can still extend his mercy and grace. And praise God for that. But we know, because Jesus says, as the time approaches to his coming, all of this has to take place. Yes, again, can he spare it? Can he extend his mercy and grace? And ext- Okay, fine, but there's an hour coming that it's not going to be extended any longer. Oh, the wrath. Like, what he will hear is, go get 
your children. Yeah. <laughs> Go get them who belong to you. Because what's about to be unleashed, it's not for them. You see, he's, he's warning them and he's telling them. But here's your hope. If you're a believer. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And then this is my favorite. And this is the whole reason why I wanted to share this with you all again. As we celebrate the anniversary of True Freedom Fellowship, 17 years. <laughs> this is what it's all about, you all. It can get crazier and crazier out there as the years pass. But the good news that he endures to the end will be saved, but here's the better news. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. You understand that? And the church will be like, yes, amen, because that's who we are now. This is, who we're, this is what we're waiting for. Like, come, Lord Jesus, come. We're, we're in agreement with the Spirit. The Spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus, come. But in saying that, know what comes before His return. Everything <laughs> that he just said. And it's so you're not to be quaking in your boots and like, oh no, I'm scared. Don't be scared of the end times. Be awakened in the midst of them. And be like, no, I'm meant for this. You prepared me for this. You prepared me for such a time as this. And it's just going to get crazier. Oh, I need to stay close to you, Jesus. I need to be... As innocent as dove and wise as a serpent, I need to know how that I am to live so that I'm one of the ones who's enduring to the end. And I'm passionate, Lord, to see your gospel. Out of all the, all the resistance, everything against your gospel going forth, it's still going. And it's not going to just a little bit here. No, throughout the what? World. The whole earth. The whole earth. We're here. This is who we believe in, you all. You mean to be excited, like, come on, yes. Like, it alters your life. Yes, Lord. And so when we see these times, again, we don't bash people. You know, yes, it's sickening to watch. It's like, like who would have, was there not one righteous person in the school, like, in that community? Matt said, wait, what do you, well, I'm sorry, what are you having little Johnny do? <laughs> what is little Sarah doing? And I, for charity, to raise money, like what? Like the video is so disturbing. But we don't hate, I mean, you just go, oh God. And so we need to pray for them. You know, the other day I was in a meeting, and it's before the little girl's body was found out in Kissimmee. But the young woman I was praying, this meeting was, she's like, can we just stop? I saw this alert, I just want to read it, I've been following this case, and oh, you know, they're, they're saying that she's dead. And that was the mother's boyfriend. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's pray. So I began to pray, and I prayed for the mother's boyfriend, for his salvation. And the young woman looked at me, and she was like, oh. She's like, thank you for doing that. Because I would not, that would not have crossed my heart and my mind. I said, he's no different than us before Christ. It's horrible. 
It's horrific what he did. And he ought to deserve justice. And it should be dealt with swiftly. But oh God, have mercy upon him. That God in this hour of his season of his life Some people would say, no, no, he doesn't deserve it. Well, then neither did you. You see, we begin to shift and begin to pray differently. I, we, that's horrific, the events. But come on, you all. The world is getting crazier and more evil and more evil and more evil. I want to have hate in my heart towards people that live differently or act differently or do these horrific events to people. We learn to pray. Because if not for Christ, you say, well, I would never have done that. Oh, you don't know what you could have been capable of doing. With your anger, with your rage, with your desires, with this and that, and the way the world is escalating, and the drive of things, doesn't excuse what's happening. It's pure evil. It's utter evil. Mm-hmm. Little how we should be praying. Praying, you all. But the good news will be preached. Yes. All right, go to Hebrews. Ending in Hebrews 12. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I said, 17 years, Lord. Wouldn't wonder I'm tired. I'm kidding. I joke. It's in jest. <laughs> I could write a book. Jeez, I'll, I'll leave names out though, Shay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> These names have been changed. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 14 through 29. I'm just going to end with a call to listen to God. We've heard this before. It may have been just a few weeks ago. I taught on this, so I just wanted to bring it back before us. Ah. <clears throat> Here we go. (laughs) Hebrews 12, verse 14 through 29. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will see, I'm sorry, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous fruit of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged With bitter tears. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountains, it must be stoned to death. 
Moses himself was so frightened out, I'm sorry, was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. No, you, come on, church, have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. God, if that doesn't give you joy this week. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So with this understanding, you all, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape, but they refused to listen, and, I'm sorry, for if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he speaks another promise. Come on. Here's what he speaks, you all. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed. So that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. This is our God you are. This is the hope that we have and the one in whom we belong to. The one who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light the one who has cleaned us up, freed us, gave us a new life, and then sent us out to represent him and his kingdom. This kingdom that cannot be shaken. The confidence that you can get up in today, with today and from here on, no matter what your physical circumstances are, no matter what they are, the confidence that you can rise up Say, my God is still on the throne. His kingdom is not going to be shaken. Do with me whatever you want with this temporal body and these temporal means. But I will continue to serve my king. That's the heart of a believer, you all. So be encouraged. I'm going to close us with this last song, and then I'll close us in prayer. Okay. Um, if you could pray Anthony's in the hospital.
Oh!